0: I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News. And here we go with the mm. Jack Riccardi Show.
1: Hey, who do I uh who do I need to complain to about uh, I've been drinking coffee all day today and it's not working. You complain to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I meant who can I complain to that can do something about it? Is it decaf, Jack? It's the same coffee, it's the same amount of coffee. I make it the same way. But have you ever had well, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, but oh, like yeah. Coffee drinkers of the world, tell me. I mean, aren't there just
0: days where it doesn't seem to work? Because mm-hmm. I think your, what do you call it, your uh, resistance or your tole- your tolerance gets so high. See, this oh. doesn't happen in Europe because all they do is espresso shots over there. Oh. So you is know? that what I have to switch to? Well, when you come back to the States after several years, you know, we come back here mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, we got coffee-flavored water.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so maybe espresso and mm-hmm. then eventually just crack. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to suggest maybe <laughs> some
0: sugar, but okay. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I got—I I had an idea today, too. Uh, I have this uh, listener. Uh, his name is Joe. He's in Castorville. And right before the show, almost every day, he sends me an email that says, the Castorville branch checking in. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it would be cool to have, like, a branch in all these other cities and towns. Yeah. So anybody that wants to be the branch for the Jack Riccardi Show in your town, we've got San Antonio covered, but... If you want to be the branch in your town, uh, we're now accepting
0: applications for that. Casterville is taken already, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And so, as you connect with these new branches, yeah, I like having branches. Ask them what kind of coffee they drink.
1: Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll make all of our complaints to them. <laughs> all right. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to our dreadful little show for Thursday, first day of June. And um, you know, us OCD people, we hate to start a new month in the middle of the week, but it is what it is, right? Uh, it, one of the big stories today, and we certainly hope he's okay. President Biden took a terrible spill on the stage at the Air Force Academy graduation. Um, he was walking across the stage, and I guess there was something, maybe a, a cord or a, a sandbag or something was in his path, and he went down hard. I mean, he, he fell so hard that wherever Kamala Harris was in the world at that moment, she got right up out of her chair you know what i'm saying like it was, and and he is okay apparently uh it took like three guys to lift him up though the, the the pool reports say the president immediately rose to his feet he was not rising to his feet he was struggling to get to his feet and i bring this up again we wish him well but you were, remember the days and days of coverage when Trump went down that ramp slowly, or the water glass, or water bottle, or whatever it was, all I would ask is if these things were important to focus on, analyze, parse in the last administration, then they should be in this administration. If the Twenty Fifth Amendment was was a, a germane subject of, confer- of of conversation or speculation, then it should be now. That that's all I'm saying. The the man is not. Um, we can see that he is not up to this. And I, I can only assume that people who believe he should have a second term are really, in essence, voting against the other side or maybe voting for a continuation of policies. I, I, I just I can't imagine there are real people who think he looks strong. I mean, let's keep this going. By the way, something else that's kind of weird around the president. Um, Have you ever noticed how hard it is for the people who work for him to just flat out defend him? You know, what KJP likes to do is say, we've already addressed that, or that's not for me to address when when they ask her questions about bribes and Hunter and stuff like that. And then John Kirby got a question uh, it's kind of a lengthy question but but listen to how he just doesn't really shoot it down i mean he, he works for president biden but listen to this answer cut number one
2: uh, there have been many developments in the house investigations into the first family's international business dealings recently uh there's one committee trying to get an fbi file alleging that president biden took bribes there's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53 percent of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence-peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the President interacted with his relatives Man, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the President is himself corrupt?
3: President, yeah, the, president, the, to
4: this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. The uh, president has spoken to this, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the, 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 the whistleblower issue that you talked about and, uh, um, and the, the, the document, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that, and you're going
2: to have to go to them on that.
1: I, right. I don't know. If, if you work for me and they ask, hey, is he a crook? Uh, your answer needs to be, hell no, he's not. He is a great American. He is doing this, this, and this, and he would never do that, and you can do... I mean, they they don't really... It's not full-throated. It's just something I've noticed. Um, yeah, they'd be lying, but, I mean, you you'd expect energetic loyalty and... The only loyalty these people have is to keep the Democrats in power. And if he's the way to do it, then they'll do it through him. And if he isn't, clearly they're leaving their options open. There's just no conviction, pardon the pun, to the way they defend this guy. It's interesting. That's why we need CNN, because they're the ones that give the full-throated defense of Biden. Um, So we got the debt ceiling deal that we knew we would get, right? Right. I'm sure you didn't fall out of your chair with shock uh, at what happened last night. Republicans and Democrats split within their caucuses but generated enough total votes uh, to uh, pass the deal, which is no deal at all. It's not a deal you and I would ever take. Um, and I won't go into all the, the numbers and make everybody's eyes glaze over, but it doesn't bring spending back to pre-COVID levels. It doesn't cap discretionary and non-discretionary spending. It doesn't do anything about entitlements, which are going to run out of money. People my age are probably not going to see the Social Security that if you go to your you know little account with Social Security and you say oh this is what you'll get when you retire I look at that and to me I'm reading I'm reading fiction I don't I don't believe that money will be there uh, when I get there. Why did it go down the way it did? In fact, why is it that in every poll over many many years? Majorities of people, majorities of Republicans, majorities of Democrats, majorities of Northerners and Southerners, and white people and black people, and men and women, and young and old, say the government spends too much, the government takes too much, the government does too much. I'll tell you why. It's because too much is not an agreed upon concept. We might all agree with the words too much, but your too much doesn't mean the same as my too much. So you may be a fan of, I'm just gonna throw it out as a hypothetical, you're a fan of military spending. And someone else is a fan of spending on education, and someone else is a fan of social programs, and someone else is a fan of subsidies for, and, and so when we get down to brass tacks, there isn't a consensus about what should be cut. And no one is saying, well, cut everything. Cut the things I like, cut the things I don't. I shouldn't say no one. You may feel that way. But what the politicians are getting away with is the idea that most people like the program or programs that touch them or that enrich their community or their industry, And they don't like other programs. It's sort of like when they ask, uh, what is your opinion of Congress, and people say, oh, it's got an 11% approval rating. Most members of Congress nonetheless get reelected. Because when people run down Congress, they don't mean their member, they mean the other guys. When people talk about spending, they're not all talking about the same spending. And the politicians know this. Which brings me to the other reason we got a crappy deal on the D.C. debt limit. It is a political fact that a a person sent to Congress does not get fired, does not get recalled by the voters because he spent too much money, because he voted for too much spending. That just doesn't happen. To get fired by the voters, which is very rare, right? You have to be super corrupt caught with both hands in the cookie jar up to the elbow. You know, the old saying, caught with a live girl or a dead boy. Or maybe it was the other way around, I don't know. You you have to, in essence, have done something egregious. You, you, we don't fire members of Congress because they approve too much spending. We just don't. Republicans spend, Democrats spend. If you look at the graphs, I won't bore you with the numbers, but administration after administration, both parties, spending goes up. Republicans haven't really been budget hawks since the days of Calvin Coolidge. I've, I've told this story on the air before. hundred years ago, Calvin Coolidge is the president of the United States. He goes over the federal budget every day. It was in book form. It was a single volume back then. And he thought part of his job was to literally go over the books, and he did. And he used to drive his people crazy because he'd call his cabinet uh, together or he'd call his treasury secretary. He'd be on vacation in Florida and he'd say, I want to I talk about this, I want to talk about that, something in the budget. And this dude would have to go find the book and open it up to page 273 because Coolidge had a question. But not since then, so not in your lifetime, have the Republicans really been what they claim to be about spending. So it's it's two things. We don't all mean the same things when we say they spend too much and they should cut. And secondly, we don't, it is not politically fatal to appropriate and spend and run up the federal deficit and debt, it just isn't. If it were, we'd be having a different discussion today and that would make the the deal on the debt completely different. We'll talk about that, 210-599-5555. So I, I was reading an article uh, about uh, the movie theater business. I don't know if you go to the movies. Do you, you go to the movies anymore? And they were talking about how the movie uh, industry is hoping this will be a big summer because they really haven't come back from COVID when the movie theaters were closed. And so they're hoping that movies like The Little Mermaid and the new Indiana Jones and the Barbie movie will will make for the comeback summer. And this article talked about how movie theaters are on a big, big upgrade trend. And this started before COVID, but it's, it's continuing in COVID. Movie theaters are adding bigger seats. If you go now, you sit in a Barca lounger, not a little fold-up chair like we used to have. Remember those little fold-up chairs that were barely wide enough for you and the bottom of the chair would snap shot every time you stood up. Well now they're these big, beautiful upholstered they're, they're, there's nicer chairs at the movie theater than I have in my house. And they have state of the art sound systems. And they don't just have popcorn now you can get full meals and sides and you can get some some of them will bring it to your seat. And and all kinds of beverages and desserts. And so they're hoping that people will come back. So I'm not going to pretend I don't enjoy those things, because those things are all very nice. You pay for them, but they're all very nice. However, I, I don't know about you, but that isn't what I'm looking for. I'm looking for better movies, not better movie theaters. How do you feel about that? I mean, honest to God, I'd go back to the, if they would make better movies, I'd sit in those little chairs with the bottom that snaps, you know, shut when you stand. Up. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind the sticky floor that's, uh, you know, got all the your shoes stick to the floor. I wouldn't mind if it was just popcorn and, and Coca-Cola. I, I wouldn't care. If the movies were better, I'd go. And you can do anything you want to the theaters. You can have somebody massaging my feet while I'm watching the movie. If you keep making lousy movies, if you keep remaking tired sequels and trequels and quattrels and whatever they're, they are, I'm not I'm not going. What do you think about that? 210 599 In fact, a while back I read something I thought was very insightful about it. Uh, this was somebody who works in the movie uh, business, a producer. I forget her name now. But she said basically Hollywood has killed the movie star. She said that in the old days, what drew people to the movies were their favorite stars. I think you can remember that. And the the movie business was based on stars. The most important thing to know about a new movie, in fact, was the star. Remember Marquise? Remember movie theater Marquise? They would put the name of the star above the name of the movie. Because if you liked John Wayne, or you liked Walter Matthau, or you liked Charles Bronson, you were going. You didn't care what the name of the movie was. And now, she says, this, this producer was saying, what they've done now is um, they're marketing titles, they're marketing sequels, they're marketing franchises, and they're very concerned with movies that will work overseas. So a lot of the movies that we see in this country that we think of as made in Hollywood, made in America, are really made for overseas sales. And so the studios have switched to a different business model and i just don't think it works i don't think the theaters and the seats in the theaters are going to make the difference uh yeah the movie uh, industry is hoping that uh, they're going to have a big summer of 2023 and they're uh, uh apparently there's a lot of investment in uh, movie theaters not only the experience of sitting there watching the movie chairs food sound systems but movie theaters are offering other attractions um you know almost like a carnival or arcade atmosphere in the lobby i uh, i'm not against any of that just for me though um i I'd, I'd go to the movies more often if there were better movies um i'd like to see better stories i'd like to see bigger stars i would like to not be preached at and have the feeling that i'm getting some sort of you know <laughs> brainwashing se- you know uh brainwashing session um, I'd love to watch a movie and not have any hints in it about the current political questions facing us. It's kind of why I go to the movies. I think most people do. It's escapism. Uh, so thank you for all the luxuries, but just make better movies, you know? So what do you think about that? 210 55 55. We're talking about that. We're talking about the uh, on the JR poll powered by River City Oral Surgery. Are you happy with the Biden McCarthy deal? This is going exactly the way we knew it would. And it's the only way that things can go because the truth is there's no and and look, I love Chip Roy, but it, it feels kind of performative at this point to hear the House Freedom Caucus talk about the things that they're talking about because they're not getting them done. And I love having Chip Roy on the show, but Chip Roy really needs to convince other Republicans, not my listeners. My my listeners know what Chip Roy is telling them. You know? So either you need to turn more heads and change more minds among your colleagues or we need to elect more people to the Congress like Chip Roy. But otherwise, this doesn't change, it it will never change, because as long as I've been doing this, I don't see the voters punishing politicians who spend too much money. You know, there's another word for it, populism. And populism is in right now. Donald Trump is a populist. Populism means you tell people what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And what people need to hear is the government is taking too much money out of the economy, which is depressing everyone's wealth and prosperity and productivity. The government is spending too much money. It's doing too many things. And it needs to be cut across the board. Not just the stuff you don't like and don't agree with and doesn't affect you. It it needs to be cut across the board. It It needs to be rolled back not a year, but many years. The growth of federal spending has outpaced everything. Inflation, the U.S. population. And most recently, it was goosed by COVID. And COVID acted like wars usually act. Usually, it, it, it's it's not usually a pandemic. It's usually a war. And and sure as I'm sitting here, we'll, we'll always have another war when we need one. And when we get to a recession, which will be later this year, officially, start watching for one. Because that's the next thing. And, and I mean, I, I hate to sound this way but that that, that everything is going according to script you've seen this movie before yeah the article i was reading uh says movie theaters were already upgrading before the pandemic cushier seats bigger screens better sound equipment tastier food and beverage options uh but now movie theaters have an increased urgency says mike polidoros president of a cinema marketing agency Theaters are installing heated and air-conditioned lounge chairs that fully recline have built-in trays, buttons to summon waiters. Some of the seats move in sync with the movie's action or provide special effects like a blast of air. Some of them have scent effects. Can you imagine that? You can smell the movie? I, I, I can't even imagine that. And then outside the cinema, the theater room, all kinds of attractions in the lobby, rides, Amusements, arcades, rock-climbing walls. Look, I don't know. How about just better movies? How about just movies that we would want to go see? I don't know about you, but I was okay with the old movie theater. I, I really was. I didn't know it could be what it is now. I was fine with it the way it was. But when a movie was five bucks and it was a movie I wanted to see... I was glad to stand in line for it. I was glad to sit in those little seats for it. And all I needed was popcorn and Coca-Cola. Robert is on the radio, 210-599-5555. Hi, Robert.
5: Hi, Jack. I love your show, your gentle little show. Hey, I agree <laughs> with you. You know what? We need, we need more storyline.
3: That's yeah. the
5: bottom line. Hey, yeah. you know, enough of those CNGs, the green screen. There you go. The, you know what I mean? That computer... You know, I mean, generated action films that really turns me off. And uh, I have an eighty five year old mom, and I have to take her to a movie once in a while, and it's hard. I had to take her to Brady's eighty the other day, and that was like kind of dull. You know, it was like it was about the only thing she understand. You know, any movies that have more yeah. storyline. You know, I'm with you. I, I mean. The, Yes, sir. I agree with you, Jackie. I love your
1: show, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you. And that's beautiful that you take your mom to the movies. Um, This lady, uh, I looked it up. Linda Ost is her name. Uh, She's a Hollywood producer. Uh, She says that Hollywood decided it didn't need movie stars. It needed franchises. And she says it's uh, three things. The movie must have a title you've heard of before it must sell overseas and it must generate a franchise or a sequel uh and studios it goes on to say believe they could sell movies based on brands and concepts that's what robert's talking about uh not stars and i don't know i, I it's it's i mean there's probably a kind of person that, that just doesn't care for movies or going to movie theaters and that's fine but for people who do are they are they Tickling your fancy with the way they're redoing the seats and the sound systems? Or or, or is that not what would bring you to the... I, I mean, like I remember when I was a teenager, I'll never forget this because it was so stupid. It was so crazy. Um, and I forget what exactly what year this was, but it was in the 80s, obviously. Um, Eddie Murphy had a new movie coming out. It was his concert movie. It was called Raw. So whatever year that was. And it came out and... A friend, uh, my friend and I drove through a bl- a literal blizzard. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, there was hardly a car in the parking lot. I didn't even know if the movie theater would be open. Today you'd probably check ahead or you'd Google. We, we just, we got in the car, we fought through the snow, we drove, we parked, couldn't even see the lines in the parking lot, just left the car, went in, you know, went into the movie theater, caked with snow. Why? Because... We both loved Eddie Murphy because we knew it would be a great experience. We, we, we didn't have to know anything else about it. There was no Rotten Tomatoes. There was no way to look at it ahead of time. There was no way for to see what other people were saying about it. Yeah, like Now, before you go to a movie, you can pretty much see what thousands of other people have said about it. We didn't have any of that. But we knew we wanted to see Eddie Murphy. And I think that is missing for the most part. Um, I think this producer is right. They've decided they don't need stars. 210-599-5555. It was an interesting um, news story I saw last night. They had this big uh, city council meeting, and it was open to public comment in Oakland. Now, Oakland is probably one of the most ravaged, progressive cities in the country, and it's crime-ridden. And they had this meeting about, uh, you know, the the crime dilemma in Oakland, and these people were speaking angrily. One woman was speaking to the crowd, and she asked the people in the audience, raise your hand if you've been the victim of a crime, and and tons and tons of people raised their hand. And so they were railing against the city council for not providing enough policing and being soft on crime. Of course, I don't know how this lady voted, but obviously in Oakland, voters have voted for this. They've, They've elected this. And so the age-old question is: Is there a point where places like Oakland or Chicago uh, have had enough? Do these places get to a point? I mean, because no one no one likes to feel unsafe. Everyone is is the same when they feel threatened. Your 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 politics go out the window. Your race goes out the window when you feel like somebody's coming at you. When you feel like you heard somebody behind you when you're afraid to go from a building to your car, or whatever it is, it, we're all the same at that point. And so the question is, will people in these communities change the way they vote? And I have to say, my answer is no. The only people who are open to that kind of a change will leave those cities. So I... I, I I don't really want to spend a lot of time on it. I could play you the clips, I could play you what was said at the meeting, but you know what, um, they voted for it, they're living in it, I'm sorry that they are, I don't I don't mean to sound like, they oh, get what they deserve. I, I, I do sympathize with them. But you know what it is? It's the same thing they used to say about the Middle East. You won't have peace until you love your own children more than you hate the other side. That's what you say about the Israelis and the Palestinians. You want to have peace, so you love your own you know, children more than you hate the other side. And these voters in these cities like Oakland hate the Republicans. They hate the word conservative. They hate the people who represent the policies that would change things a lot of them probably hate the police maybe they maybe they have reason to in their own personal experiences with the police i don't know but they do and it's not going to change so they're going to either put up with it and cope with it and maybe maybe the coping will be interesting to watch like maybe there'll be more gun ownership or more security systems or more private security you know they'll 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 find workarounds cuz nobody wants to feel unsafe and even progressives don't really like living under these policies. But I I don't think they will suddenly swing the other way. That's just me, that's just how I read it. I've watched this for a long time. We just had the election in Chicago. They They had in Chicago a choice between a guy that was exponentially crazier than Lori Lightfoot and a guy that was pretty progressive and definitely left of center but was a little more reasonable about cops, a little more reasonable about crime. They rejected him and put the exponentially crazy guy in right after Lori Lightfoot. That's, that's Chicago. If they didn't get it, Oakland's not going to get it. Uh, this is what Congressman Chip Roy said on the Wear and Rhyme Show yesterday before the vote about what would happen with uh, Kevin McCarthy if the House Freedom Caucus didn't get their way, which they didn't. Take a listen to this, cut number two.
6: You know, I'm not going to go down that road at this point. I've got a good relationship with Kevin. I'm trying to work to make sure that we that we move everything in the right direction. Um, I'm going to talk to a bunch of my colleagues about how we reset this, this whole situation. Prior to this last week, things were working. We passed a really good bill on the spending front. We passed a really good border bill. It was working because we were all sitting around a table. I talked to Kevin yesterday. I said, I don't like this deal. You know I don't like this deal. I'm going to publicly beat the crap out of this deal. But look, we've got to lead this country going forward. I don't want to get into the petty crap. We all have to sit down as adults next week and figure out our next step forward and move onward. The American people sent us here to do a dang job. So it, if it gets better, we'll be good. If it reverts back to the normal Washington crap, then it ain't going to be good, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge mm. when we get there.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. i got to say this, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. We talk about Kevin McCarthy. We talk about Donald Trump. We talk about Ron DeSantis, and this one and that one. You know who we never talk about? We never talk about the person with the most important job of them all, Ronna McDaniel. Who? Ronna McDaniel. Ronna McDaniel is the chair of the Republican National Committee and has been for several years. And by the way, she's lost all the elections she's been the chair of in that time. Ronna McDaniel actually, if you think about it, is supposed to be the field general. Ronna McDaniel is supposed to be the woman with a plan. The goal here is to have more Chip Roy's and fewer Mitt Romneys. The goal here is to have more true believers and fewer Rhino go along to get alongers. The goal here also is to be in the room where the votes get counted because it doesn't matter how slick your campaign is and how great your candidate is and how terrific he or she looks on television. If you're not in the room where the votes get counted, your votes don't get counted. I mean, come on, right? This isn't a conspiracy theory. We have to be in the room. It's going to take a massive legal, logistical, political strategy. It's going to take contending for elected offices that Republicans have not held. It's going to involve uh, seeking and obtaining appointive positions. It's going to take learning how to use the rules that are in place better, not just saying these rules are no good and when they shouldn't be there and it's because of COVID. I, I get all that. We get all of that. But these are the rules under which this election will be conducted. Yes, I'm in favor of changing them. I was in favor of changing them before 2022 as well. I was not in favor of changing them in 2020 when we changed them. But the the fact is they're, they're what we have now. Ronna McDaniel has the job that is more important than the people whose sound bites we play on every talk radio and television show every day. When's the last time you even heard her name? I mean, she probably shouldn't be in that job, given how awful she is at it. And I don't mean when she's on Fox and she does a little interview and they throw softballs at her and she, you know, takes a swing at them. Because that's not her job. Her job is not to do interviews. Her job is to be pouring over the, the battleground map and figuring out where to put the troops and where to put the cannons and which hills to take I don't think she's up to it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. That's the stuff that matters. By the way, the Democrats would never retain a chair who lost all the elections on her watch. They'd never do it. I don't care who it is. But the Republicans have kept her. 210-599-5555. So it says here next week Mike Pence will announce he's running for president. Um, He's getting into the race. Uh, Also expected to get in the race. um, Well, there's a bunch of them, actually. Uh, I was looking here at the the list. Uh, Pence is getting in. Chris Christie uh, is getting in. The uh, governor of North Dakota, Bergram, we talked about him, Doug Bergram is getting in. Why are all these people running for president? It looks like really only uh, Trump or DeSantis have a chance. So why are all of these other people running? And, of course, it's always like this, right? There's always like 15, 16, 18, but two or three that have a, a, a real path. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh kick that around a little bit. And um here's another name you haven't maybe heard much lately. Um, s- some interesting stuff going on in the news with um the Senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Give you a couple of ideas about him coming up. So are you a big movie theater goer?
0: You know, Jack, I've been hurt. I used to be. Yeah. Used to be. No. You've been hurt? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. How so? So I've been listening to you talking about this, and you're really on to something. Because I did my own personal inventory of the movies I've seen since 2015. And I picked that point because that's kind of when I think movies started to drop off. Plus, you know, I became a dad, so it's like, I can't just pick up and go to the theater. So since 2015, I've seen three Star Wars movies. That's the Disney ones. Those kind of hurt. Three Jurassic Park movies, that's up to six. I saw nineteen seventeen, the World War One deal, right mm. before COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Maverick summer before last. So in the last eight years, mm. I'm averaging one movie a year. <laughs> I'm about the same. Can you believe um, that though? I mean, I know.
1: It, I, <sighs> I used to see a movie every weekend, minimal, one yeah, a weekend. Yeah. Uh, of course, I was young and you do things differently when you're young. You don't have any obligations and mm-hmm. movies were cheaper. But, um, and I, I think probably also if you're dating, maybe you go to more movies, you know, cause it's a thing to do on dates. But, but you allowing for all that, uh, it just feels to me like, um, they've put their eggs in the wrong basket. I, I mean, franchises like Star Wars or James Bond. I get that. Totally get it. If you're a follower, if you, if you see one James Bond movie, you want to see them all. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I just think they're trying to do that with everything. And it's
0: not working. Well, you were talking about the strategy. The business model has changed, and I think that's true. And here's another nail in the coffin: people can just stay home and watch. Yeah, you got sure. your seventy-inch TV, surround yeah. sound, pretty cheap compared to what it was in the nineteen eighties, and the popcorn's yeah. a lot cheaper. Jack. Yeah, yeah,
1: or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah.
0: whatever you want. Uh, I, so, the, how is it that they can't
1: see this? I mean, what you just said is not—it's obvious.
0: How is it that any number of Fortune 500 companies that you've talked about on this program couldn't see how bad of an idea a given marketing campaign might be? You know they could see yeah. it. Yeah. So who's- well,
1: but let's so let's apply that because yesterday we were talking about how it's not these woke companies are not stupid; they are simply trying to earn. Grades or metrics that we don't relate to. They're trying to get the perfect score from the human re, you know, the human rights campaign or the LGBTQ group or whatever it is. So it's not that they don't know what they're doing, but what they've decided to do is something we see no value in or can't uh, relate to. Is that the case with Hollywood? And let me give you an example. I read about a lot of movies, Christian, that do only mezza mezza here, but then they earn a lot of money overseas, Mm -hmm. so maybe their thing is, well, we don't really care what Jack thinks about it or Christian thinks about it, because we're going to sell a lot of
0: tickets in China, we're going to sell a lot of tickets in in Europe, and, and maybe they do. Yeah, that has to be part of it, because if I'm making a movie, we'll take radio. You know, we're targeting what we do to a certain person, so if I'm making a movie and I need 100 people to go watch it to make a profit, for example, but seven end up going, then I kind of messed up. Right. Unless there's something else like what you're talking about, and it's really a foreign impact? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I wonder how many people who remember the way movie theaters used to be, and you remember, like, the little seats and the, the snapping up of the bottom of the seat and mm. all you could get was popcorn or soda, maybe candy, you know, maybe some candy. Um, how many people would go back to that if the trade off was big stars, big stories, relatable, no PC woke propaganda lecture as part of the mo- just just give me the and and I mean you mentioned like 1917, that that that's a period, that's a that's a story, that's a his- historically based movie. Mm-hmm. The last movie I saw before um covid, I really remember this because it was right before they shut the theaters was Knives Out. Mm which was kind of a throwback movie because it had a lot of stars in it. Mm -hmm. It was a vehicle. I mean, it was a good story, but what made it fun to watch was every time you turned around, another big star popped up on the screen. And I think that's... Missing
0: from most movies now. Who are these people, right? That's true. But, you know, you mentioned 1917. And then let's take Saving Private Ryan. You've got two period movies that are of of significant interest. In Saving Private Ryan, you've got Tom Hanks and Mm -hmm. kind of an ensemble cast. Mm -hmm. Mm In 1917, I didn't know anybody in that movie. Maybe one actor. And yet the movie was still – it's somewhere in between that, Jack. You don't have the star power because Tom Cruise proved that with Maverick. You can have
1: one or the other, I think. You can either have yes. a, a great story. Right. Or, and, or you can have big stars. I mean, I, I think people like Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks are stars that people, if they like them, they'll go see them. They don't even need to know what the movie's about. I mean, I'm sure people have gone to a Tom Hanks movie, not even sure what the plot was, but hey, I just, I see all his movies.
0: I like him. I mean, they, they still have stars. They just don't build their, there's stuff around them anymore, you know. I think there's a lesson here for the film industry, and it's it's simple: people don't like dumb ideas. You yeah, know, well,
1: and and also they should really just listen to these two guys on the radio who, that's right, uh, combined have never made a movie. But that's
0: <laughs> but hey, that's okay,
1: right? Right. So no. <laughs> We know. all right 210-599-5555. No, I mean I I don't think these are these are these are pretty obvious things. Uh tell me what you think 210-599-5555. We we started the show we were talking about this uh trend movie theaters are in with uh sushi and gourmet chefs and um heated seats and sound effect I mean uh, special effects in the theater. Uh they can make the seat move with the action in the movie and all this stuff. It's all cool but But is that really what will bring people back to the movie theaters? Is that why? Did you stop going to the movies because your seat didn't move? Did you stop going to the movies because you couldn't get dinner at the movie theater? I don't remember anybody wanting that before that was offered. I don't remember anybody saying, well, I'd go to more movies if they served sushi. I don't think anybody ever said that. And I, I don't think you made a conscious decision, probably, to go less. You just found yourself going less. And why is that? two hundred ten, five nine, nine, fifty five, fifty five. And then we were talking about people running for president. Why are all these people that can't possibly win getting into the run for president? Yeah, you know, I think it's I, I, I think it's a few things. It's probably ego. these people that are at 1% or less than 1% in the polls, you realize they do have people around them that are telling them, you are the man. America needs you, Asa Hutchinson. And then also I think you'll notice they all have a book. And then thirdly, what happens when you run for president in the Republican Party and you don't make it you get hired to be a commentator, an analyst. You get on the cable. You start being a panelist. This is where most of them will end up, and they know it. And if it's the Democrats, it's MSNBC and Fox. I mean, MSNBC and CNN and NPR and the News NewsHour. And, and if it's uh, Republican, it's Fox, and it's uh, the other conservative outlets. So that's probably what it is. And I'm not saying they're bad people. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take a look at all of them. Do your due diligence. Do your homework. But uh, realistically, right, there's probably two or three that can make it. And um, we'll see. 210 599 5555. There's an interesting story about Trump I want to get into and uh, talk about that. And some other things coming up here. And the JR poll about the Biden McCarthy deal. And David is calling in about the movie theaters we were just talking about on KTSA. Hi, David.
7: Hey, Jack, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. How you doing? Hey, um,
7: you, you made a point that kind of I related to it. I'm a little older than you, and my mom worked downtown, and I would see a lot of movies, matinee movies, 50 cents each, uh, like at the Majestic, the Aztec, and Texas Theater. A lot of first-run, like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, Burt Lancaster, and I don't know if you remember Steve Reeves uh, that played in the Hercules movies.
1: But oh, yeah, I heard the name
7: movie, the last the last movie that I saw in a theater a little while ago. It was Marley and me.
1: Oh, I remember that at yeah
7: home. Uh, I'd rather watch them at home. You can push yeah. pause if you need to do something, and uh, I do not miss the movie theaters at all. Good place for your vehicle to get broke into. Uh, mm. I'd rather be at home
1: so what you're saying is there isn't really anything that Hollywood could do differently. You're just going to stay home and watch movies at home. It, it, it isn't about the quality of the movies. Is that is that it?
7: Well, no, no. The movies nowadays they do have a either a, a, an agenda or a political message. If it's, you know, I don't need to hear that as well. I mean, you do uh, want to kind of escape when you're, you know, going to watch a movie, especially it's one that you're looking forward to watching. But no. um, the, uh,
1: the quality of movies has gone really downhill. Okay, so it's both. It's both the quality of the movies and the like. You're, you're basically saying, I think what Christian was saying, uh, the experience of watching a movie at home just is a better experience. So you just don't need the movie theater. Well,
7: doing all the bells and whistles to the seats and the, yeah. just like what they have at Disney at, at um, um, I forget the at Omni the, at, uh, at Disney. I don't think. That that's not the reason you go to the movies. If you have right. to
1: do that, the right. movies are not worth seeing. There you go. There you go. David, good to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, 210-599-5555. I, I will say, I I, I get all the, the the part about staying at home, and I'm a stay-at-home guy, believe me. But I would go to more movies, and I would be happy to go see like a movie on its opening night, opening weekend, If I if I felt more excited about the movie. Like, I will still go to the movie theaters to see the James Bond movies because I want to see them at least once that way, and then I'll watch them at home. And and, and it's because there is still something about, it's a, it's a night out. It's something to do if you go on a date, if you go out with friends, uh, if you take your kids. I'm not. I, I, I've not sworn off going, but if they wanted people like me to go more often, it would be about the movie, not the movie theater experience. I mean, I can remember. This would be like high school, college, twenties. The only choice was where are we going to the movies tonight? We go into Cleveland Circle. We go into Chestnut Hill. We go into Fresh Pond, Natick, Framingham. Where are we going to go? And 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 sometimes we knew generally. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see that new sci-fi movie, or we're gonna see you know, and, and then other times you would just go and and. Say, well, we'll we'll look at the board when we get there. I mean, that's that's how casual and I, I guess you could say in a way, casually loyal we were. Like we weren't necessarily knowledgeable about what we were gonna see. We hadn't read reviews and a plot summary, and we hadn't seen what five thousand people thought of it on Rotten Tomatoes, but we were we were definitely movie goers. We were customers of Hollywood. And um, I don't know, I mean, I know it's different, and I know the price point is exponentially different. These were $3, $5 movies, you know. But I uh, I don't think the sort of Taj Mahalization of the, of the movie theaters is, is what'll bring people in. I mean, it's their business, they should know better than me, maybe it will work. But when it, when it doesn't, if it doesn't, is it possible that we need better movies and movies that don't lecture us and movies that don't have an agenda? I don't want to feel like I should have taken notes and there's going to be a quiz. and And, and movie stars. You know, there's a great scene in Sunset Boulevard, one of my favorite movies, where Norma Desmond, who's the silent film star who's, you know, lamenting the way things have gone and she wants to get back into uh movie making and she, you know, every, everyone knows her career is over except her, which is the, the tragic comic angle of Sunset Boulevard. She um she gives this speech at one point where she says uh they took the idols and smashed them. There are no stars anymore. And she's saying this in 1950, <laughs> okay? But, but I mean, I don't know, maybe to her that was true in 1950, but I, I think it's it's gotten a lot worse in 2023. And so there are still stars, but the the whole system is not set up anymore to, I guess, build loyalty or bond people to an actor or an actress who you like so much that you just go see everything they do. And there's still a few. And there's a few of those like Christian was talking about, franchises like Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars, you know, nut, then you'll go to all those movies. I go to all the James Bond movies. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five Francisco is on the Jack riccardi show.
2: Yes, Jack, uh you and your hit so many key points uh, but for me, I was telling your uh, your screener there, I remember years ago years ago, reading that the quality of movies were going down and slowly the number of people going to the movies at was also going down and then look to where we are today and for me I was telling your screener that the quality of movies the lack of screenwriting, lack of original ideas uh, the lack of acting it's just plummeted. It, it, if you think about it, may—I don't know what years it came out. Maybe the early 2000s. They started making cartoons as movies, TV shows as movies, mm-hmm. older movies as as remakes, but giving them mm-hmm. different titles. Mm-hmm. And so it just goes to show the lack of original idea that these screenwriters and producers have. They're like, we have nothing left. We have no quality ideas, so let's just remake this, and we'll give it a certain twist. And that's what I've seen. And yeah, I haven't been a, a a real good movie in probably three years. And I'm sorry, in how many I'm in not, how many years? Probably three years. Yeah. And the last movie I think I watched was with my daughter, something with uh, Ryan Reynolds that she wanted to watch about a video game. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you the title of the movie, but for me, it's just a, it's just the lack of original ideas that they have now. It, it, it turns me off as far as going to movies, and I'll, I'd rather sit at home and watch Turner classic movies. I'm 46 years old. <laughs> yeah. I'm middle-aged watching turn classic movies, so for me, the older movies, are just have better better ideas, better better writing, better scripts, and better acting overall.
1: Do you feel like you would go to the movie? Everybody has, obviously, a better seat at home, and we have our TVs and all that. We have our snacks. Do you feel like you would go to movie theaters a little more often? You would still do that if the kinds of movies you like were playing there?
2: I would. I would. Uh, every, all the bells and whistles they're trying to sell today is not going to get me in the movie theater. Uh, along with what I said, I said you points the political messages, the remakes. Okay, we made re, re, remade a classic such as uh, West Side Story, but now we have to be all inclusive and make all these special characters. And I'm, I'm exaggerating here. Like, this character has to be Miss This character has to be a transsexual. This character has to be black. When all the original movies, they were a certain, you know, everybody was a certain way. So yeah. that that's that's putting that political message that people want to get
1: right, away from right. I don't. Yeah, that, those are great. Those are great points, Francisco. I'm glad you called. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show. Um, when I was again growing up, and I was in Boston, there was a movie theater called the Brattle Theater. I don't know how many of these there were around the country. I know this was not the only one, and it was called a repertory movie theater. It had been an old little shoebox regular, you know, movie theater in its day. But by the time I went, started going in the 1980s, um, what, it, what they did was, whoever owned it, had had happened upon this brilliant idea. It was one screen, it was one room. So what they did was they showed old movies, classic movies, and foreign movies, like indie slash foreign and they did it thematically. So they would put out a, a schedule for each month. And let's say you had the June schedule. Maybe in June, every Monday night was, uh, a Western. And every Tuesday night was James Bond. And every Wednesday night was, uh, and they'd have, so they'd have themes around an actor, themes around a kind of movie, themes or uh, other themes. They might do like, Oh, here were all, uh, you know, French films or here were all, you know, Japanese, uh, You know, samurai movies. And I I learned a lot about movies. I felt like I I almost felt like I was a movie student when I would go there. Uh, They would show, you know, three or four in a row. One ticket would get you into all of those for that night. So if you wanted to stay for all of them, you could, or you could just come for one. Uh, It was a tiny little theater. It had very uncomfortable, cramped wooden seats. You could get popcorn and soda, period. That was it. Maybe a cookie. That was it. And they were packed with college students. (laughs) Not people that remember these movies, but people that just were addicted to them. And I'll bet you, if you could look at the audience breakout for Turner Classic Movies, it would probably really surprise you. Uh, They're classic movies, but not all the people watching them are classic, if you know what I mean. A woman in New York named Robin Europe, which, by the way, is a very cool name. It's just, I mean, it sounds like a, Sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? Robin Europe. Robin Europe is probably feeling pretty good. She just got $12 million in a jury verdict after suing the employer who fired her. She worked for a company called Equinox, which runs high-end fitness centers. And they fired her Because she was late for work dozens of times in the course of a year. They say 47 times. Robin Europe was late for work. She said no, they fired me because I'm black. The late for work was indisputable because, you know, there's a time clock. It's not like it was we have to take somebody's word for it so they had the they had the data and her argument or her lawyer's argument was um well that might be true yes uh, maybe i was late for work but that isn't why they fired me they fired me because racism and sexism are pervasive in the fitness industry according to the new york times or that's what she said in the new york times um racism and sexism are pervasive in the fitness industry now i don't know Obviously, I, I don't know what really happened or what else was going on with her. Um, I don't work in the fitness industry. I I, I go to a gym, um, and it looks to me like all kinds of people work there and all kinds of people go there. It's it's United Colors of Benetton, as far as I can tell. But whatever. Okay, maybe. Here's the, here's the part of the story that kind of jumped out at me. We kind of glossed over the late 47 times in a year thing. And I don't know if this is a thing or not, but I've kind of noticed in talking to young people or, or to like um, even talking with my friends about their you know sons and daughters, lateness is not seen the way, by young people the way we used to see it. I mean, if you were late to your first job back in the day, your heart was in your throat, and, and it wasn't like you were a brain surgeon or somebody's life depended on you being there. But being late was a major faux pas, and I notice today people treat it like, "Oh, come on, it's no big deal. What's what? What difference? Ten minutes, fifteen minutes, you know." Eh does does being late just not count for what it used to is this just like one of those things that's changed i mean i'm one of those people that's early for everything if i'm not early i'm late you know i feel like just i i'm 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 always i'm i'm always ahead of time i'm always in the parking lot waiting to go in i'm always waiting for the other person to show up I, I, but i don't mind because i i feel good about that i'd rather be there first um i guess again I, I realize her lawsuit was about something else, but I'm breaking out the lateness part. Is this not a thing anymore? You know, like is this is this something that used to matter and now doesn't matter? Cause her lawyers basically said, Oh, that was just an excuse. They they didn't care about that. They were uh racially prejudiced against her and she said that things were set around her about herself and about black colleagues that she thought were uh, inappropriate um, and that people treated her differently. But I, I'm, I'm kind of, because I wasn't there and I don't know about all that, I can't judge whether they got that part right or not. She got $12 million. She was late 47 times. If you're late 47 times in a year, should you get fired? I mean that means you're late a lot. Like you're late every, you're, you're you're late once a week. Should, should you get fired? That used to matter. I mean that used to be a big thing. Does it not matter anymore? 210-599-5555. We'll talk about that. There is a video going around that has been sent to me now I would say at least 5 times. So please don't send it again because I have it. It's the video of the guy that used to be the CEO of Chick-fil-A, a a guy named Dan Cathy. And in the video, Dan Cathy, well, I'll play it for you rather than tell you what's in the video. But people are sharing this video like this just happened. And it actually happened three years ago. And that may be important to what you hear in the video. But what's also interesting is a lot of people are maybe hearing something that isn't there in the video. So he's in a church, and he's speaking on like a panel with the pastor and a few other people of this church. I think it's in Georgia. And take a listen to this. This is uh, former Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy. Take a listen to this a story that was
4: shared with me by a dear friend who shared with me about a revival that was taking place at a church in texas and uh at that revival on the front seat was an older african-american young uh older african-american men man that was sitting there and this young man got up that uh was there in that service and he'd been so gripped with conviction about the racism that was in that local community in a small town in texas that he he took a a shoe brush, and he walked over to this elderly gentleman, and he knelt on his knees and began to shine his shoes. And uh, tears began to flow uh, in that service. Uh, It was an attitude of uh, of conviction. So I I invite folks just to to put some words to action here. And if we need to find somebody that needs to have their shoes shined, we need to just go right on over and shine their shoes and uh, whether they got tennis shoes on or not, maybe they got sandals on, it really doesn't matter. But there, there's a time in which we need to have, you know, some some personal action here, maybe we need to give them a hug too,
0: <laughs> brother. And some and some and some stock in Chick Fil A.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I bought about 1,500 of these, and I gave it all our Chick Fil A operators and staff a number of years ago. And uh, so any expressions of a contrite heart, of a sense of humility, a sense of shame, a sense of embarrassment, uh, begin with an
1: apologetic heart. So this video is being uh, shared with the headline, Dan Cathy says white people should shine black people's shoes. He doesn't actually ever say that what he says is that it's an act of humility to shine the shoes of another person. And then he goes up to a black person on the stage, black man on the stage, and shines his shoes with a brush. And this, it turns out, when I looked this up, that this all happened in the summer of 2020, and that this panel was was happening right after the George Floyd death which probably means that it was in response to that, which probably means that Dan Cathy was thinking of that, which probably leaves it open to the interpretation that he is, you know, suggesting some sort of restitution or that white people, but he never says it. And 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 I want to be fair about this because there actually is in Christianity a powerful and beautiful uh, gesture Uh, and we do it on Holy Thursday in the Catholic Church where you wash the the feet of another person in uh, imitation of Christ at the Last Supper. Uh, So on this particular, I know we're all, our antennas are all up and we're all on high alert for wokeism and what have you and, and it would be, it would be abject, I think, if if, if somebody did say, hey, uh, white people ought to, whenever they see a black person, they should shine their shoes. I mean, that, that would be absurd. I, I would not support saying that. But if he just meant, I'm going to put myself last, I'm going to put myself at the bottom of the table, I'm going to serve others, I'm going to look for people to... Um, you know, sort of serve. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him to task for that. I mean, there's there's plenty of people doing plenty of truly terrible things in the world and saying ridiculous things and exhorting people to do ridiculous things. I, this doesn't seem like one of those. But I found it interesting. It has gone viral over the last couple of days, even though it happened three years ago. Just be careful about what you share and retweet and repost and send all your friends. Because this didn't just happen. It's been out there. And when I Googled it, it it, it isn't really what people are representing it to be. And I'm not, I am not i don't work for Dan Cathy and I'm not a fan. I'm just pointing that out. So, a woman sued her employer. She worked for a fitness company in New York City. Uh, they fired her and they said they fired her because she was late to work 47 times in less than a year, uh, she sued them and said that she was fired because they're racist. And they treated her worse and differently because of her skin color, her managers, her co-workers. She got $12 million. Now that means that somewhere in the in the deal, we just set aside, we just overlooked the late, 47 times in a year thing. Seems like that would be grounds for firing anybody. Or is that not a thing like it used to be? I'll admit, I mean, I'm I'm a million years old. I'm unfrozen caveman lawyer, I know this. But I, I can remember when if you were late to work or it looked like you would be, you'd move heaven and earth to get there. And and these were not important jobs. It wasn't like I was going to deliver a baby or you know. I mean, but you just it, it felt like a firing offense if you were late once. I don't know if that's true anymore. I, I when I've I've talked to some people that are like in their 20s, they seem very casual about time and being on time and they show up when they show up. And not only to work but like to lunch or a meeting or something. And then I talk to friends of mine who have kids, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't." My, I, I see my my son leaving for work five minutes after he was supposed to be there, and yet he still has the job. All right, here's a hard question. Well, it's it's hard if you don't have a chance to think about it. And see, the unfair <laughs> thing, the unfair thing that I do to you, Christian, is I never give you a chance to think about it. That's true. The audience gets a chance. Yeah, I just hit you, but you know. I do it with love. I don't do it to be cruel. I
0: was gonna say it's not fair, but whatever.
1: Since we, I know, <laughs> since we've been talking about movie theaters and going to the movies, what comes to mind as the most overrated movie you can think of? And by that, I mean a movie that is a big time movie or is a famous movie, mm-hmm. not some obscure movie that you know you wish you hadn't seen, but a, a movie that got a lot of hype. And you just think is overrated?
0: I would go with Avatar.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's one a lot of people mention. Yep. Um, I mean, did it, you go to that like with high? I, I I remember not really wanting to see that, and yep. therefore not being very disappointed by it. But did you want Did you look forward to that? Or
0: no? I think I saw that on. Uh, I think I saw it at home. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, if I recall, it's like 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 18 hours long or something like that. And yes. it's like, you know, I'm not doing that at a theater. Yeah. And so I was curious, but I can't say. Yeah. I was like, oh, i got to see the blue people. And then I yeah. watched it, and it was like, it was kind of like, it's a feeling that, you know, okay, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. But all of the hoopla for that?
1: Yeah. and why That was couldn't... an extremely hyped movie.
0: Yeah, it really was. And I just couldn't figure out, why couldn't you do this in about about two hours? Yeah. Or less.
1: Yeah. I, um... I remember going to see that with somebody that was really into it and I wasn't and I just decided, well, all right, I'll I'll just tag along and I hated it as I knew I would, but they hated it in that way that you can only hate a movie you were really expecting to love, right? That's when it hurts the most.
0: When it hurts.
1: <laughs> you know, you 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 were you were, you know, you were sure or you believed the reviews or you believed the the awards that it won, or whatever, and then yeah, not not happening. Yeah, I think I think Avatar is going to make any list like that, right?
0: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I knew going in that this is going to be just a, a just mad CGI everything, and it wasn't better than Star Wars, and there was no CGI in Star Wars, at least not back in the day when it was new. Yeah,
1: so that was what about two thousand nine, something like that for Avatar.
0: It was oh nine, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. All
1: right, so what would be? Thank you, Christian. Uh, what would be the most overrated movie that first comes to mind? It, again, uh, I'm going to say this: it's got to be a it's got to be a big time movie. All right, it can be an old movie, it can be a more recent movie, um, and, and but it has to be a movie that obviously got a lot of hype, that was a major release, maybe. Even one, it's you know, won the Academy Award for for the best movie that year or whatever. It's got to be a big one. So I'm not I'm not asking you to tell us about some some movie that you went to see and you wish you hadn't, but uh, a major movie, maybe one that like I'll I'll give you an example for me that we had. Uh, I think Francisco mentioned Turner Classic Movies. I love Turner Classic Movies, and I I watch that faithfully. But you know, a movie that everybody always says is one of the all time great movies is Citizen Kane. Now, Citizen Kane was interesting the first time I saw it. But now that I've watched it a few more times, i, I got to be honest, I, I don't think that should be considered one of the all-time great movies. Talk about being overlong, bloated, just kind of, it, it. it's kind of an ego fest for Orson Welles. You know, he's at the height of his powers in Hollywood, and he... He he's able to command all of this and 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 basically do write his own ticket, do whatever he wants to do. So when people get to that point, they may create a masterpiece and they may create a monster. I think Citizen Kane is a hot mess. To me, that movie is just a it's just a mess. I mean, it's it, it's kind of interesting in its scope and its grandeur, and of course it's it's loosely based on a real life person, William Randolph Hearst. Might be more interesting if they just come right out and said that's who it is. Uh, but yeah, what's, what's a movie that is lauded and, and praised and heralded, but you just think is way overrated? Most overrated movie you can think of, 210 599 Avatar, I think, would be on any list. Um, I'm going to say Citizen Kane. I'll tell you, a movie that I remember going to see in the theater, and it was... Very hyped in fact i'm pretty sure it won the Academy Award the year that it came out um starred Gwyneth Paltrow, who was a big star at the time, was a movie called Shakespeare in love and it really is it's a dog <laughs> it just it's really it's really bad uh it's a star vehicle, and you know if you if you were had a crush on Gwyneth Paltrow, it was easy to sit through. An hour and a half, two hours of Gwyneth Paltrow. But it's just, it's a mess. What's the most overrated movie you can think of? 210-599-5555. You can also email me jack at com. I've, I've talked about this one before, and I, I, I know that I'm in the minority on this, and it's okay. But um, I, I when I went to see Forrest Gump, which it's hard to believe now, that's almost 30 years ago. That'll be 30 years next year. When I went to see Forrest Gump, I saw it in the theater. I saw it the opening weekend. I was on a date. Um, I'm sitting there through this movie, kind of hating it, actually. I'm going to be completely honest. And the lights come up, and everyone is in tears. Everyone's weeping. Some people are sobbing. They've been incredibly moved, and I can't deny that. People who love Forrest Gump, the movie really love it but i i I thought it was overrated. that's just me you know I to me it's it's sort of and you talk about you know special effects they digitally inserted this this fictional character into all of this real life video footage, so he's like part of every event in the in the you know last half of the 20th century. It just—it seemed very gimmicky to me. Like a little of that would have gone a long way. But he was always there. He met every president, and he was there, and everything that happened. And you know, I just—it was—it's just very, very dull to me. Um, and when I hear people talk about it now, you feel like, did I watch a different version? Is that Like not the movie I saw, because it really—it really was grinding for me. So anyway, it, it doesn't have to be. You know, there's no right or wrong answer. But what's the movie you think was overrated? JJ is on 550 and 1071 KTSA Jack Riccardi Show. All right, JJ, what would you say was the most overrated movie you can think of?
8: The movie called Rudy.
1: Oh, the the movie about the football player? Yes. At yes. Notre Dame. Yeah. Yes. Sir. And why do you think that was oh, overrated?
8: Oh, well, I'm I'm a football fan and uh Got a buddy that we enjoy watching football movies together. When a good one comes out, and he called me, he said, "Man, you have got to see this movie. This mm-hmm. movie is called Rudy." And I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll be glad to yeah. look it up." And so I spent good money, went and saw it, and it was just—it uh, was just corny to me. And I, and I may be in the minority, but it was just an yeah. extremely corny movie to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's very—it's um, very sweet, and maybe it's too sweet for some tastes, right? Great. Yes. Very sir. like, uh, very like, uh, sentimental, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? no, I get that. I, and look, it's not, there's no wrong answers here. So it's, y- 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 your opinion is the right opinion. J- uh, JJ, thank you. Uh, JJ would say Rudy, uh, which is a movie about a, uh, guy that goes and realizes his dream at Notre Dame. Uh, overrated. What's an overrated movie? 210, 599, Fifty-five, Christian says, "Avatar." Um, I mentioned Citizen Kane, Shakespeare in Love, Forrest Gump. Uh, again, it's got to be a major movie. So don't don't be hitting this with some obscure, you know, <laughs> some obscure New Zealand uh, art film or something. But a movie that everybody has raved about forever, and you're like, I just I'm, I don't get it. I'm not seeing it, Caleb is on the Jack Riccardi show on KTSA. Hi, Caleb. Hey, Jack. Hey,
6: so I, I've always been told I gotta I gotta watch The Shining. If you're a big, you know, horror movie fan or you love those scary films, mm-hmm. check out The Shining. I love Jack Nicholson, one of my all time mm-hmm. favorite, you know, mm-hmm. authors or, or uh actors. But I gotta say The Shining, it was really it just seemed drawn out, real slow. It had its mm-hmm. moments of, you know, that that kind of put you on edge, but for, for, I mean, the most part, the whole movie was just kind of, it just seemed kind of slow, kind of boring. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, th- that's interesting because I do, I really do love that movie, but I guess I can see your point. It is, it is a very slow moving, uh, movie it, because it, it's sort of like, it's ominously building to this really horrible thing that we kind of know is coming, right? So it's, it, 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 it is slow, but I guess part of the reason it is, is because you're supposed to be like, you know, heart pounding. What's going to happen? What's this guy going to do? Cause we see him just kind of falling apart. Um, yeah, but I know, I know the feeling, right? Like you, you wonder to yourself, what am I not seeing that everybody else is seeing? Right. Uh, I mean,
6: I'm a nineties baby. I was born in ninety three. So I'm barely pushing 30 years old, but I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of, you know, horror movies, scary films, and so I know yeah. a scary film, and when I'm told no. you, you've got to see this one, this one's going to put no. you on the edge, but,
2: eh,
6: it's a good film, it's a good film. Hey, but, you, ga-
1: nah. you gave it a try, right? <laughs> yeah. Caleb, thanks for the call. All right, so Caleb says The Shining, uh, we've got Rudy, uh, what's an overrated movie? The first one you think of, 210 599 210 599 Fifty-five, fifty-five. Steve is on the radio. Hello, Steve.
5: Hey.
1: Hey. How
5: you doing, Jack?
1: Uh, let me check. I'm doing good, thank you.
5: Oh, awesome.
1: So I what's the most overrated it, movie you can think of, Steve?
5: Titanic and Pearl Harbor.
1: Whoa, you're not holding back there. All right, let's start with Titanic. Why? Why do you believe Titanic is overrated?
5: Great movie, storyline, awesome. But you got um, the part at the end where the old lady throws the necklace off just really ticks me off. So, I mean, you watch the movie and it's just awesome and see the cinematography and the storyline, and, and that's what upsets me. You know, the old lady who throws the necklace off at the end, that just really upsets me.
1: I would also consider this overrated uh And I'll tell you, in addition to what you said, Steve, the whole time we know what's going to happen.
5: Exactly.
1: It takes forever for the damn ship to sink. I mean, I don't think the actual Titanic took as long to sink as the movie takes. But the other thing that bothered me just a little bit was, remember the scene where Kate Winslet is on the door and and, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has to drown? Why can't she just scoot over a little on the door?
5: I, I feel the same way.
1: I, I don't know. Maybe I reacted to that as a guy. I don't know. Uh, but L- Leo DiCaprio did not have to die. He, there was re- That door was big enough to hold them both. And I, I'm just watching that going, she just needs to move over a little. And it's all good. Anyway, now what do you think about Pearl Harbor? Why do you think Pearl Harbor, you're you're talking about the one they they made just uh, like recently with like Ben Affleck and stuff. Why is that overrated?
5: Exactly. Well, you know, I just recently went to Pearl Harbor. It's very, you know, it's very sobering. It's very somber. But, um, you know, the whole Flyboy story and, you know, to this day, I can't watch a movie with Kate Beckinsale. It's just not just getting just totally ticked off.
1: Oh, wow. You know,
5: breathe a little bit longer for your boyfriend that just died. You know, I I I don't know if that's just me, but every time I watch the movie, I just get a little bit upset about it. I I hear you.
1: The
2: movie anymore?
1: I hear you. No, I look, I understand. I understand. They had great material to work with. I don't think they did a great, great job on it. That was one I was definitely really looking forward to when I knew it was coming. Thought, oh, this is gonna be great. And yeah, wasn't that uh, wasn't that great? All right, thank you, Steve. Um, most overrated movie you can think of? Uh, let's see, Sandy is next. Hi, Sandy.
2: Hi. Um, it's funny you're talking about Titanic because this movie is kind of opposite Titanic. It was as good as it gets, and Helen Hunt was up for the same uh, Academy Award as Kate Winslet, who did all that swimming in that freezing water.
1: Um. As good as it gets was was that the Jack Nicholson movie?
2: Yes, that's the one.
1: Okay. And now I, I I seem to remember so liking that, but know. I can't was that the was that the movie where he was um kind of like OCD and washed his hands a lot yes. and stuff?
2: I I believe so. It's been so long. Yeah. <laughs> but, I I
1: I liked I liked his character. I don't really remember the whole movie very well or like what else happened in it. But I I remember relating to his character. I had never seen anybody like me in a movie. And when he was washing his hands all the time, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's me.
2: (laughs) So sad. But she was a waitress, and he used to go in and and visit with her. And and she won. She wasn't even in it that much. And Kate Winslet should have won that award. I was very Mm. disappointed. I I didn't Mm. think the movie was, was that great.
1: Okay, as good as it gets overrated says sandy, thank you sandy uh two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on Facebook Christine says unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, Wow, she says it won Academy Awards. I thought it was terrible. What's the most overrated movie that immediately comes to mind when you think of overrated movies uh Richard says giant, the big uh oil drilling saga epic, does not age well, says Richard. Uh, Let's see, Ryan uh, nominates Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he says, and I love Quentin Tarantino. Now, I did see that, and I I liked it, but maybe I didn't have high, high expectations of it, uh, so maybe that's why. A a lot of feeling like a movie was overrated is going to come down to what you were expecting versus what you got. Like, if you if you went into it not knowing anything about it, it might experience, you might experience it one way. But like the gentleman that called about Rudy said, well, my friend gave it a big buildup and said, oh, this is exactly your kind of movie. You'll love this. And then he didn't. 210-599-5555. Doug is on the radio. Doug, most overrated movie you can think of?
5: It's with, the problem is, it's within my own experience, it's 2001, Space Odyssey.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes every uh, critic's I, list of the all-time greatest movies and all that stuff. And Why why do you feel that was overrated?
5: I went to see it when it first came out. I can remember mm-hmm. thinking, this is a great movie. Special effects were innovative. It right. was wonderful. Right. Then I saw it within the last two years when it was re-released, and I realized the pace was <laughs> so slow. Uh, and, and my... Maybe it's over within me and my attitude changed. Don't know, yeah. but it, it certainly changed over the period
1: of time. Interesting. I guess that could happen. Like in its time, it was one way, but it doesn't hold up. You know, when you see it now, it doesn't hold up. So it's maybe it wasn't overrated then, but it's overrated now. Guess so. Yeah, that's interesting, Doug. Thank you. Uh, that that is yeah, that's kind of surprising. Uh, here's another one. I, I got to say this. I know I'll make people mad. Um, I took my daughter to this, the first weekend it came out, so we were not going because of the hype. It was just the newest animated movie, and we went to see Frozen. Now, I will tell you, when I was sitting there watching Frozen, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I didn't hate it. What shocked me was in the days and weeks that followed, when it became this huge, Hit it was not, it's not one of the better, uh, you know, Disney movies. It's not. It's just not. It's not terrible or anything, but it 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 just it certainly didn't need a sequel, and it was just kind of dumb, and I, I thought kind of trite. The storyline didn't really hold up. The two sisters and I felt like it was just an average outing for people that have made some really great OG, you know, movies. But boy, you know, it it, it has become one of the all time biggest box office movies. I don't see it. I don't get it. Frozen. We have a new thing on the show called the Jack Chat Line. It's when you can't call in live because you're listening to the podcast or you're not able to call during a topic. You want to leave your thoughts about anything, you call 210-599-5550. Slightly different number, 210-599-5550. Leave your first name, your city, or town, and your comments. Let's check out the Jack Chat Line.
3: Jack, this is a stub on info nine. Uh, Those who are saying that the right is causing the cultural war, I wonder when male athletes started participating in female sports. Uh, did that happen in the 90s, the 80s, early 2000s? Or is it a recent phenomenon? And as far as the transsexual agenda, when did it become a big deal with kids? It wasn't when I was growing up in the 80s. It wasn't when I was a teenager in the 90s. And, you know, who's the aggressor in this? And, yeah, I want to go to HEB, buy some food instead of Target. That's closer. Uh, and as far as the whole Budweiser thing, if the marketing executive had not opened her mouth, I wonder if the boycott had ever, would have been nearly as big. But when she insults the old customer base, well, action and reaction. It was her action to get Dylan Mulvaney. It was her action to insult those who were buying Budweiser. And now it seems mm-hmm. that Anheuser-Busch is surprised by the reaction.
1: All right. Step on. Uh here's a question I just popped into my head while he was talking about uh, Bud Light. How many Bud Lights do you think Dylan Mulvaney has quaffed since drinking the can with the Dylan Mulvaney picture on it? I- I'm going to go with just off the top of my head, zero. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I the the um the over under on that was what. I'll say zero Bud Lights for Dylan Mulvaney. Um, Let's see what else is on the Jack chat line.
2: Hi, my name is Terry. I'm here in San Antonio. The four words that I would give to someone graduating, Mm -hmm. always tell the truth. Bye.
1: I hope he means that. All right. We had a lot of great uh, calls. We uh, had a best of Jack Riccardi show hour yesterday about uh, advice for grads. Um, So, I want to go back to most overrated movies, and you can call me two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. You can shoot me an email, jack at ktsa dot com. Uh Andy says uh for him it's Moulin Rouge. Uh Leslie is it Leslie? As good as it gets, uh, which we I think somebody mentioned earlier. Uh one says Apocalypse now. I thought it was just okay. Did not live up to all the hype that came with it. Uh here's one um Annie Hall. Couldn't even watch it. Boring. I've never even seen the entire movie. You know, come to think of it, I'm going to say um uh, almost all Woody Allen movies for me are overrated. I don't get it. I'm, I'm apparently I'm not sophisticated enough. People talk about Woody Allen movies. Oh, it's a Woody Allen movie. I there was one that I saw one time that I liked, and I now I can't remember which one it was. I'd have to hear the title again. But yeah, I've, I've tried to watch some others, and I'm not. Other than his um, super appealing personal life, uh, I'm just not getting his movie making. Uh, means 210 599 Gennaro is going to call in with an overrated movie. The the underrated Gennaro has a hey, pick Jeff. for an overrated movie. All right, Gennaro, I'm ready.
8: Hey, how you doing, man? Um, hey, if, if you're uh, calling me
1: tonight, does that mean you're not calling the dish tomorrow? I guess not, right?
8: Uh, well, I haven't gone out to eat. To oh, okay. Any well, that's good.
1: And it's good that you call tonight so we don't worry about you tomorrow, though.
8: No, but I did find out that uh, ramen noodles do not replace spaghetti noodles. No, That's of an, course they another don't. another story for another day. Told anyway, you that. Um, All right. what's your movie? It's a movie. It's a mad, mad, mad Oh, yeah. World. Yeah. Okay. I'm 53, yeah. and growing up, I kept hearing that this movie was the best movie in the whole world and everything. Yeah. So... I checked it out at the library about three weeks ago, and I watched it. And um, it's
1: a train wreck.
8: It's it's it is, and there's so many so many celebrities involved in. Yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, you even go into in in uh, uh, you take a break watching the movie if you saw it in the theater, and it was good. Uh, the storyline was great, but it was like it was it was just i don't know it
1: was still it's hard to watch because it seems like it was made in order to just show a lot of stars
8: I think so i think
1: so but the, but and, there's no plot, and there's no continuity, and it's like a bunch of people making a cameo yeah I'm, I, I think yeah, I think that's a really good one because you're right they they show it on t c m like oh you're going to really enjoy this that's when I saw it and yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it, but I think it was very successful when it came out. Right? It, it
8: was very succe- successful. Um, I watched it, and um, the thing is, I'm like, okay, at that time, I mean, it was just. I don't know, I, uh, Uncle Milty was there, Jerry Lewis made a cameo, Mickey Rooney had a big You were part. offended if
1: they didn't put you in that movie, let's put it that way. It came out like 60 <laughs> years ago, but yeah. I'm with you on that one, Gennaro. Good choice. It's a mad, mad, mad world. You know what else is like that? And, and again, I thought I was going to love it. They showed it on Turner Classic Movies, I think around the holidays. There's a comedy uh, James Bond movie. It's the only James Bond movie that stars David Niven as Bond. It's called Casino Royale. It, it is not anything like the Casino Royale that Ian Fleming wrote, nor is it anything like the Casino Royale that became the uh, Daniel Craig movie, which is superb, I think. Uh, the, the, the Casino Royale that came out like in the 60s with uh, David Niven and, again, a bunch of stars, just very hard to watch. Just very uncomfortable and kind of I, maybe maybe you I had to be there. Like maybe maybe at the time I would have enjoyed it, but at the time I would have been like two, so I didn't. Uh, what's an overrated movie? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Kevin is on the radio. Hello, Kevin. Hi,
5: Birdman with uh, Michael Keaton.
1: Oh, I've never Hi. seen that. Tell tell me about that.
5: Oh, my gosh. If I hate a movie, I know it's going to win a ton of Academy Awards. <laughs> of, course, of course it did.
2: Yeah.
5: It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Very painful to watch. I took my son and his friend to Austin to see a concert and dropped them off and thought I'd go see this to kill some time. Yeah. And I, I should have stayed in the car and pulled my nails out with pliers or something because it would have been more entertaining.
1: Huh. Yeah, I I I never I never saw it. I I don't remember why I didn't see it. And I kind of like Michael Keaton generally. Um but I do, that too. one did
5: see, I thought it'd be great. I really yeah. thought it'd be a great movie, but it, it was just p- pathetic. P- pathetic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe you should have gone to the you know, concert.
5: The only other movie I ever walked out on was the original Dune. And I would have <sighs> walked out on this
8: one too if Oh I, yeah. I've had yeah, Dune is to go, but I didn't
1: Dune is hu- I only only love Dune because I read the books, but I I don't know how anybody could have sat through that movie. Thank you, Kevin. Uh the it, it Dune is not even it's not even fair because you can't take that story and put it in into a movie. There's too much going on. I mean, the guy wrote a bunch of books. It's not one book, and there's t- it, it makes Star Wars look like a like a you know, limerick. There's so many plots within plots and characters. It's the most highfalutin, high concept science fiction probably ever. And yeah, I I don't blame the movie makers for not always rendering that well. There was the one in the 80s with Sting, there was the recent one. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm of a mind that that might just not ever lend itself to a really good movie. I, I didn't see the recent one, so I don't know. 210 um, 599 Let me squeeze a couple more in here, and Curtis is next. Curtis, most overrated movie you can think of?
3: The Sixth Sense.
1: Wow, really? Okay, tell me why.
5: Because I, I figured out that Bruce Willis's character was dead about
1: 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Well, nice of you to ruin it for everyone who has to- <laughs> Who hasn't seen it already, <laughs> Curtis? Dude, at least warn people when you're going to spoil it. You, you hate it so much you don't care that you spoiled it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it like I'm probably. How, doing how did you figure favor. that? Wait a minute, I I did not figure that out when I saw it the first time. How in the world did you figure that out?
5: I I just figured he he keeps. I don't know his his character. Uh, the little kid seemed to be the only one that could see him. And I'm like, this guy's dead.
1: <laughs> oh, you're, and, and you're, you're either a, a very saying, smart I guy German or movies? you're a guy that I would never want to take to the movies because how can you enjoy anything <laughs> if you figure it out in the first ten? Like, does that happen to you a lot? Like, when you go see, like, a whodunit or a murder mystery, do you know who did it right away?
5: Uh, yes, yeah, sometimes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Some, especially oh, nowadays. Okay. Uh, yeah. They they've lowered the bar a lot
1: on, yeah, on current yeah. movies. I mean, they're
5: they're easy to figure
1: out. Too easy to figure out. All right, Curtis, yeah, you and my, I are not my, going. My you it. and I are not going to the movies. But uh, that is an interesting choice. Thank you, Curtis. So, Curtis is the Sixth Sense. I do love that movie. I like I said, I'm not going to argue with you, but that one is that's hard for me to believe that somebody would think that was overrated. I thought it was so good in so many ways. Although, admittedly, I did not figure it out the first time I saw it. Uh, 210-599-5555. Ann is on the radio. Hello, Ann.
5: Yes, my tourist would be a perfect storm.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Tell me why. That's the one with George Clooney, and uh, I forget who the other guy is. Why why did you feel that was overrated?
5: It just went on forever, and it was like Titanic in that you knew it what was going to happen
1: at the oh, end. Oh true.
5: I yeah, just yeah. I just wish that I had walked out before <laughs> and not stayed for the whole thing. It was just so boring.
1: All right. She wishes she had jumped overboard and not stayed for the entire journey of the ship. All right, and thank you. We'll uh we'll get to the results on the JR poll and don't forget if you didn't get through on this and you want to, you can hit the Jack Chat line. You should. 210-599-5550. Call it. Leave your first name, your city and town, and your most overrated movie. Because if you don't leave your name in town, we're not going to play it. So you got to do that. 210-599-5550. All right, on the JR Poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, are you happy with the Biden-McCarthy debt ceiling deal? 81% said no, 19% yes. New JR poll question tomorrow when we get started at four. Plus, we'll have the dish, we'll talk restaurants in our six o'clock hour. And of course, you can always find the JR poll at ktsa.com. So, if we were just counting like number of calls and emails, I think Avatar would be our winner for most overrated movie. A lot of of emails about Avatar, uh, and one or two callers mentioned it as well. I think Christian mentioned it as one of them. Let's see what else we got on the email. Uh, most overrated movie you've ever seen. Uh, Deidre said, There Will Be Blood. The guy is weird. Uh, Don said, Dunkirk. As a history buff, he says, I was really looking forward to this movie. They managed to make me not care about what happened. Wow. Um, most overrated movie. Uh, some of these, um, a couple of people mentioned Boyhood, which I've never seen, so I don't really know. They didn't give any explanation. I remember when that came out, but I don't know too much about Boyhood. Uh, Let's see. What else am I looking at? My emails here. Uh, The Hunger Games, I thought, was overrated. says, Kathy, I read the books. The books are much better. Um, Books are usually better, right? But that's another way that you can get caught. I I will say there have been a few movies over the years that um, I read the book first, and presumed, assumed. I love the book. I'm going to love the movie. I'm almost to the point now, I don't know if you go through this, now when I really love a book, I am trepidatious about the movie. I feel like, oh, boy, I hope, really hope they don't ruin it or I hope they tell it right or I hope they portray it right. This isn't really a movie, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the Harry Bosch mystery novels by Michael Connelly, and when they made that into a, a series, um, I was really worried about how they would portray the characters, and I was pleasantly surprised. They, the characters didn't look like I thought they would look like, but they wound up acting exactly the way I thought they would, so that worked out. But Hey, thanks to everybody that called. Don't forget you can hit the Jack Chat line, uh, 210-599-5550. See you back here live at 4 tomorrow.